Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fisher, 97.1 The Ticket Producer. With me, as always, is the always venerable Scotty Bentley. And uh, I say that as I look at your fingernails, Scotty, and I got to ask, what's going on there, buddy? Yeah, man. Uh, we had a, uh, we're had a. we recording this on, on Sunday evening, doing our weekend recap. Uh, yesterday, being the, uh, the, the Michigan-Michigan State game, and um what happened and yeah we i'm a michigan fan it was not uh did not go to plan but but you know uh credit to credit to all the sparty fans out there i thought the game yeah man just uh yeah yeah for real just uh yeah no my my fingernails are all painted and nice and i had a had a few uh had had a few ginger ales after the uh during and after the game to uh to to cope uh, as unhealthy as that is, and <laughs> woke up this morning with painted fingernails. So uh, <laughs> I, I got on the phone call with with Brian. We got on our video call, and the first thing I said, I was like, "Yeah, just to, just to get this out of the way before you ask questions." Yeah, I got a uh, got a got a nice little little uh, manicure going I here. Think- it looks it looks sick, to be honest. Yeah, it does look really nicely done. I think the real reason they're painted is because you're uh, you're on call in case the Braves or the Astros need you to play catcher in tonight's World Correct. Series game. As we're recording this on Sunday, uh, this episode will be up on November first, two thousand twenty-one. And uh, before we get into the nitty gritty stuff, do got to thank you guys for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, yeah, we just got a weekend recap. Really simple episode for us. We're going to break down the Panthers game that happened on Friday. We can break down the Maple Leafs game that happened on Saturday. And we can talk about our boy, uh, Joe Effin Valeno. Joe Effin Valeno, baby. We. He's got lots of content out of him on and off the ice. Honestly, honest to God, it's going to be a fun episode. Uh, Scotty, why don't we tackle this in chronological order uh, and just start off right with that Friday night game. I was there at the arena working, you know, my full-time retail job. So, you know, I was, the energy was exquisite, especially as exquisite, exquisite. It was electric (laughs) uh, that night, especially as the team fought and tied it up. I, Having you having gotten a chance to actually sit down and watch the game, I was just kind of there, part of the atmosphere, you know, working my job while I was trying to catch steel looks at it. What did you think of that game, man? Um, I, I thought it was very on, I guess, on brand would be the uh, a, a good way to put it for how the season has gone so far. I thought that uh, it was a a a chippy game again which i love and it sounds like a broken record saying that over and over and over again but i I, it's true it it was a nice it was a nice chippy gritty game the first period was absolutely putrid it was horrible uh nobody looked good the offense didn't look good the defense didn't look good goaltending didn't look good and then the uh the the next two periods were just very grinded out nitty-gritty 
bring your bring your lunch pail to war kind of kind of periods and and they fought back and 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 got a point out of it which against a team that what coming into the game was undefeated right yeah like like straight not not even like like straight up seven and oh like like uh, a, a team that is that has been remarkable so far this year. Uh, we will gladly take a take a point out of uh, a game with the Florida Panthers. Yeah, and exactly what you said about them too is the fact that they they did they came out flat. They really did, and we were worried that might happen against a team like the Florida Panthers. But we said on Friday's episode that it's what's really going to be the tell is how they react to something like that. And they came out in the second period. And they battled back. The really, really battled back. Like hard, just didn't give up. Constantly were, were fighting. It was really, really nice to see. And of course, you got goals from uh, guys like Sam Gagne and Pew Suter. Pew Suter with his first uh, NHL goal. Actually, at first it looked like it was more at Sider's goal, but it ended up being deflected by Pew Suter in front of the night net. And that was a game where your top line didn't produce the points for you that you were wanting, but the depth scoring showed up. And coming out of the first period intermission, defensively, they were so much more set. Like, not just the defense, obviously, but the forwards defensively were much better, too. You had that 45-second, like, just shot block fiesta that happened. Everyone was pouring their heart out. And I think I, I'm we're beginning to see the 2021 Red Wings brand kind of take shape here. And I think the shape is they're going to be the type of team that Fights, fights, fights. Might not be the most talented team on the ice, save Lucas Raymond, who's, you know, Calder Trophy. Guaranteed. Uh, Guaranteed. <laughs> lock right now. He's uh, the Vegas leader right now, baby. Go, baby. I don't know what to say. But, but, hey, no one and I tried to get you all on the way. I was on. In the offseason. Admittedly, I was not on. We, we we tried to get everybody on the wave, man. The, the, the odds favorites were, he was, a, I think, a plus 2,000 or something ridiculous. Coming into the season, we we try to tell you. We try to tell you. Now all you can do is sit back and watch, baby. Enjoy the show. No, it was just a all way all around like great. Just the brand of this team this year is what I'm trying to say is that it's going to be hard. It, they might not be the most talented team on the ice, but they're not going to give up, and that's that's becoming more and more apparent as this year progresses. Like they came back from a two zero deficit against the Capitals, win it in overtime. They came back against a two zero deficit against Florida to lose it in overtime. And then in the game that we're going to talk about next segment against Toronto, again, they came back from a deficit and almost tied it, ended up losing 5-4. to four. I mean, the brand of this team is they might get down early, but they're not going to give up. And Nadelkovich had a great game, too. I mean, he made 30 of 33 saves. And so it's all around, minus the first intermission, I was impressed yet again with how this team continues to fight. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the reoccurring theme of, of not only this game, but the entire season. Uh, the defense in the second two periods was absolutely fantastic, which was a complete 180 from how rough it was to start off the game. But a, a really, really impressive um, showing from the D. I mean, Cider with another assist, even like like we'll we'll glad a plus one on the night. We'll gladly take that. Uh, led the team in hits. Just just a, a a really really solid second two periods, and and overtime has has not been our friend. As uh, to this point, up to this point this season, but um, I, I again, I, I'm not going to find too many things to complain about with taking a point from uh, from an undefeated team. Well, and that I want to touch on that that 45 second sequence of blocking shots that ended up leading to the game tying goal. I, that was just everyone, even like your more talented guys like Robbie Fabry, were laying it out on the line 
You know, Danny DeKaiser blocked shot. Adam Ernie Adam Ernie blocked a shot on his foot, limped his way around the zone, and then blocked another shot. And then Robbie Fabry blocked a shot and then skated all the way across the zone to block another shot before Danny DeKaiser blocked a shot, tried to clear it out, stick breaks, and it just... Nedeljkovic made a huge save. I mean, I feel like this team, and I, I said this on my own podcast before, you know, uh, succeeding Nolan in this position, that I, I do genuinely think that this team plays hard for Jeff Blaschel. I do think so. And he makes some questionable line decisions sometimes, but I don't think that Steve Eiserman would have, I mean, say what you will about his play call, like not play calling, but like line lines and everything. I think there's some legitimate criticisms there, but I don't think Steve Eiserman would have extended him if he didn't think that this team played hard under him. And I think we sh- we've seen that this season, especially with a more talented roster. And we touched on it in the, the article we d- broke down the other day. You know, he and Eisman have had disagreements about players. You know, like Blashill wants to ice the best team available. And it's clear that like these players from these, this three game chunk that, that they are enjoying playing under Blashill here. They're play- playing hard for Blashill. Yeah. At, at, like you, like you said, you, you nailed it there. There's, there's definitely some some uh, complaints to be had, maybe with the the line changing, when the lines change, and the 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 mixing and mashing of all the lines, and and just the the and it's kind legitimate. of experiment. It is, it is, it, and and the experimenting that goes on. There's definitely some something to be said for all that, but uh, absolutely with with the mentality that the team has been playing with this so far this season, it, it's really hard to to be too terribly upset about it with how energetic and, 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 and tough this team has played. Yeah. So one hard fought loss on the weekend leads into another hard fought loss. And we'll touch on that one right on the other side of this break. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live and another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's a no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion, and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Red Wings on a bell tire power play. Aronic, decider, Sedina scores! That's the one-timer you want. All right, Scotty, let's just dive right in now to the second game of the weekend and uh, break down their second loss, second straight loss. And you know what's weird about this loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs and the loss of the Florida Panthers this weekend? And maybe I should save this for later, but I'm not sure. But I, I still feel weirdly optimistic about this team despite them losing two straight games. They lost in overtime. They lose 5-4 here, but both losses, they felt like they were in it the entire time. I don't really know how to explain it, but it, I still feel oddly... I wouldn't say happy that they lost, but like, like, oh, wow, like they're contending. Yeah, no, absolutely. And especially after the uh, or, or not after, but especially against the, the two teams that we played here, Florida, obviously having a fantastic season. And as we saw on Friday's show, Toronto, even with the, the tough, tough start 
to the season is still a, a roster wise a playoff team that will you know whatever you want to make fun of uh, them uh it in, in the spring and summertime is valid and and i will gladly join in on it <laughs> but uh but that roster is still you know comfortably i'd say probably better than ours um and uh and and we went through it and, and and got a point out of the weekend obviously it's not the not a not the best case scenario by any means but when when you get a point from Florida and then you have this crazy mayhem of a game especially the third period where uh it was just a crazy back and forth of of Toronto going up two goals and then up one and then up two and then up one and then up two and then and then the final being up one like just a a a, a crazy back and forth uh kind of a, a entire game and third period we we I don't know man like I I I'm with you I I think that it is you should be optimistic considering the the caliber of teams, especially the second game of a back-to-back and without Burt. I, I really think that there is a lot of reasons to be uh, to still be optimistic after this week. And I don't think this is a, a two-game stretch where people are like, oh boy, you know, like now we're going back down to normal. I think the, the mindset of the team is remains where it was even, um, e- even after the, having an overtime loss and a, and a regulation loss. Yeah, and it's just... Like you said, the thing that about it being a back-to-back is you'd think there'd be some kind of fatigue. And you said it when we talked about the Chicago Blackhawks-Montreal back-to-back, about how there's been studies on fatigue and how that affects players in back-to-backs. And this is two straight weekends now where they've had a back-to-back, and they lost the first one, and they came out, and they just they played their hearts out. Granted, this weekend didn't go their way. They ended up losing both games. But to lose an overtime against the Panthers, then come back out and lose by just one goal to the Toronto Maple Leafs, I, I just continue. I can't be upset with how they did the, the performance they put out there. The only thing I'm upset with about the Toronto Maple Leaf game is they couldn't seem to really build that comeback ever at any point. It was, you know, um, Maple Leaf scored first late in the first period. Then Zadina tied it up. Then Maple Leaf scored late in the second period to give themselves a lead and added another quick one in the third or the, early in the third to make themselves a 3 1. So from there, it was just they were exchanging goals. That was the frustrating part is every time they'd inch closer, the Maple Leafs spread that lead. But, I mean, again, the, the criticisms we've had with this Wings team have been penalties, and they've been depth scoring, not really showing up. But both of these, in the game against the Maple Leafs, they only had two penalties. And in the game against the Maple Leafs, all the guys who were scoring were the guys who weren't top-line goal scorers. There wasn't Bertuzzi who was out. It wasn't uh, Larkin. It wasn't Raymond. Instead, you had Philip Zadina, who we need to score more goals if this team wants to compete. It was Joe Valeno who got called up, who deserves to be on the NHL roster, which we will get into. Absolutely deserves a spot on this roster. It was Joe Valeno who got called up from Grand Rapids and had an awkward car ride with Steve Eiserman. Another thing we want to talk about, it was uh, Vlad Nemesnikov, who's got four goals and is tied for, I think, second on the team in goals right now. And it was Phil yes, Perano. I mean, it was the guys you want. It was your secondary scoring who showed up in that game. That's what you need to see. That's been our criticisms with this team so far, that it's only been the top line. This weekend, complete opposite story. Your top line didn't produce any points, but it was your depth scoring. If only we could get those two to just, you know, mesh. Get those both going at the same time. This team's going to look freaking great. Yeah, absolutely. And we've we've talked about it a lot last week, but it's, you know, depth scoring keeps you in games. Top line wins you games. Yes, right. Precisely. And that's like that. That's how it's built. And and when those two, we've had a lot of games. 
in which the, the the top line has been all the sources of everything. We've had a lot of games where where like like this game where the depth scoring is really what's put us over the edge. And once we get those two working together, man, once we get that cohesive unit, um, it's 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 game time. It it really is game time. And and there's a lot of pluses in this game. Like we said, I, I mean the 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 depth scoring was obviously. A big one, but but Lucas Raymond, even though he didn't have a goal, looked absolutely fantastic. Oh, yes. Again, had a had a nice little um, a couple of nice little one timers that were that were just a, he had one one timer and one just ISO where where he cutting and grooving through uh, through the lane and 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 just got gloved like like he he looked good he looked good uh, Vlad looked good like you said that. All around, just the, the offense was really impressive. I think most of the well, I mean, we gave up five goals, so I guess it's relatively obvious. But yeah. uh, a, a lot of the that. issues came on the defensive end, obviously. But but the 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 offense, there's a lot of lot of a lot of reasons all around to continue to be optimistic. And and th- this this season it has th- this weekend has changed nothing on my viewpoint of the season. Yeah, and I didn't want to make it seem like I was dogging on. Raymond whatsoever in both those games he looked fantastic in, fa- in fact our friends at Lockdown Panthers were tweeting from their account during the game wow that Raymond guy looks so good like mm-hmm. and then uh, we, he was getting national attention during the Leafs game for some of the things he was doing in that game too he looked good in both games he just wasn't burying the puck and the, you know you don't have to bury the puck to be an effective skater I mean he did have one assist in that game against the Maple Leafs as well. So it's not like he didn't do anything. I was just pointing out the the depth scoring really took the lead in that game. Um, also, I got it. They did let in five goals, and if you're a goaltender, five goals is always going to look bad on you. But Grice did make 33 saves in that. It was a situation where they were absolutely getting peppered by the Maple Leafs. I mean, it felt almost. I know the Maple Leafs score a lot of goals, but it felt almost like this was a get back to form game for the Maple Leafs as well. For I don't sure. want to give them credit. I hate them. But like <laughs> this is the that was the scoring depth you expect to see from the Maple Leafs that they hadn't had in previous games. And of course, against a rival like Detroit, they show up and show out. For sure. Yeah. There there was only one goal that I thought was legitimately Grice's fault. Yes. I think all the rest yeah, the one where he went behind the net and the 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 wraparound scoop and score kind of a thing. That one was that one, I for a second there, I, I thought Ned was in net because that that's a very that's a very Nedeljkovich kind of a move to be overly aggressive and leave the net and, and then give up a goal like that. But but no, I, I, outside of that one goal, I, I I thought Grice was solid. It's just that the defense really had had no answer, especially yes. in the uh, in in the second half. I would say the end of the second and the entire third period of the game, the defense really had no answer for. Uh, for the entire Maple Leafs offense, but but no, it was it was a it, it was a solid game by Grice. Um, defensively, I, I mean that that is where most of the problems came in. Heronic did have a goal, but uh, I, I think that 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 his value came on the offensive end. I guess I'll say he he didn't look fantastic defensively. Uh, Letty did, wasn't exactly on 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 his A game either. I would say. Uh, and again, it, it that might might just be a personnel thing. The Maple Leafs have a very very good roster, but uh, yeah, the, the most of the problems came on the, on the, in our own zone. Yeah, I guess you would say. And you know who finally made his uh, Red Wings debut in that game too? Joe Valeno. No, Jordan Osterle. 
That is true. The, oh, Red Wings debut. Yeah, yeah Valeno obviously played last year. Yes, yes, very, very true. We have been waiting with anticipation. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, I'm messing with you. We're gonna One get of the into- most hype prospects. Yeah, let's go. No, we're <laughs> going to get into Joe Valeno and the impact he had in this game on the other side of this. All right, it's time to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has many delicious flavors? There is a flavor, and I, I promise you this. There is a flavor for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, to be honest, you're missing out. There's coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, many, many more. And if I'm being honest, it's got to be salted caramel. That's got to be my favorite. It's that combination of sweet, savory, and healthy that really just makes me want a Built Bar. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Check out these macros. There's 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, and all healthy. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is uh, Bertuzzi looking at Setaguchi across the ice, and your dead seems to be what uh, he's mouthing. All right, Scotty. We've talked and broken down both the Panthers and the Maple Leafs game. I think it's time we talk about the one thing that everyone probably has been waiting with anticipation for us to talk about, and that's the Joe Valeno situation. Um, he made his Red Wings day or not Red Wings debut season debut on Saturday against the Maple Leafs, and he absolutely showed out. He looked phenomenal. The NHL Twitter account even tweeted uh, one of his nice plays, his uh, his pass that set up that goal. He's been absolutely, he was absolutely phenomenal in that game. And the Red Wings are in an interesting predicament where when they come back to the States to play a game, you're obviously going to slot Bertuzzi in the lineup. Does Valeno become the odd man out again? Or do you try and find a spot for him on this roster? And if you do, who becomes the new odd man out and what do you do with them? Yeah, no, it's going to be a super interesting situation there's uh it's gonna have to be a forward there's no way we can uh yeah we're gonna both of the goalies are obviously safe there's no way we're gonna we're gonna knock down a a, a d-man um but but looking through i i don't know who then would who who he would replace It, it is it is a tough situation i guess um maybe stevens I like maybe that's the the, the way to go. I, I don't know, man. It's gonna be really weird, and and I guess in a uh, in a in a one of the scenarios might be to just have kind of a revolving door of of him. That that's gonna put a lot on the kid, but but maybe he's just like up and down consistently throughout the year. But he had such a good game, even outside of the the goal uh, the goal he scored. Man, it, he all around was skating really well. Had a uh, had an apple on there too, plus two on the night. Just and he, both he, of those. He looked, yeah, he looked absolutely fantastic. Both and those goals I, and assists, I, man. I, I I don't know. I I don't know. It's going to be a really weird situation, and and I guess the the revolving door thing might have to be the uh, the way to go. But it's going to be a really tough 
conversation to send him back down if uh, when when they get back into the states if that's what ends up happening. Well, and the problem is is they have such a log jam at center. I mean, you have some players on this roster who can play both center and wing. Like Gagne is listed as a center, but he can play wing. Fabry's listed as a center, but he can play wing. But I mean, you're looking at all these guys who can play center just from strictly of guys who you know split squad. Like they can play two different positions. Fabry can play center. Gagne can play center. Obviously, Larkin, Nemesnikov, Rasmussen, Stevens, Pew Suter, and now Joe Valeno. It's a logjam at center, and none of those centers, if Valeno became the odd man out because he was the guy who could be sent down to Grand Rapids, he doesn't deserve to be in Grand Rapids. And we've seen that with the st- statistics he's put up with the Griffins so far in this young season. He needs to be on this roster. One game with the Red Wings, he had a nasty goal and a nasty assist. He looked absolutely like ready for the NHL level. And there's just not room on this roster for him. The only guy, and I, I would agree, like Mitchell Stevens, you could put on waivers if you need, if need be uh, Carter Rowney's a right wing. So I'd be a little nervous to sacrifice an actual legitimate winger, but he, you know, he's not a guy who puts up points really his career high in points. I think is 20, but like, then do you slot Villano on wing? You wouldn't want to do that. You want him to play his true position. Mm-hmm. So what it's just, it's such a weird situation that they're in. Like I was talking to Jim Costa, the, the radio station today, during the Lions game, because they were getting blown out, uh, absolutely <laughs> annihilated by the Eagles. Uh, listen to Matt Derry and Lockdown Lions for more on that. Yes, um, that's a great lesson, Matt is. Yeah, just bu- voice smooth as butter. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> you're looking at it, you need Joel Valeno, if you're keeping him on this roster, to get top six minutes. That's what you drafted him for. That's where he deserves to play. He played top six minutes yesterday, or Saturday, rather, against the Maple Leafs. So then you have to move Pew Suter down, which I'd be comfortable moving Pew Suter to the third line. I would be. But then you're pushing a fourth line center out. Who becomes your fourth line center at that point? I don't know. Rasmussen? Right. I don't know, man. Like, like so it, it really is. It is. It's, it's super difficult. Um, it, it's just regardless, it's... It's just like some of it's just not fair. Like there's no way you should be able to like if they send him back down, there's no way you're going to be able to make a statement and convince everybody of like, oh, he like we just want to give him some more time or whatever. Like no one's going to buy that Like, because that's not true. And like everybody is very aware of of a like you said, his his season in Grand Rapids and just saw him light up. The Leafs, like it, it, it's it's no matter what they choose, um, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to to justify sending him back down. And and like I said, I think a revolving door kind of up and down thing would be really tough on him. But also putting somebody on waivers with how often injuries happen in the NHL is also like maybe something they probably don't want to do. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know, man. Maybe. I don't know. I, I really, I don't know if I have the answer either. Well, and it, this, this circles us back to one of the, I, I won't call it controversial. It's probably as controversial as a move that Eisman has had since joining the Red Wings organization, but trading for Mitchell Stevens always seemed kind of like a question mark move because it wasn't a player at a position of need when you traded for him. And I get that. I believe Eisman is the one who drafted him at Tampa Bay. And he was a guy who was kind of the odd man out in Tampa and another guy where it's like kind of a reclamation project, see if he's got anything left in the take, kind of like Fabry, or not anything left in the take, but see if he maybe hasn't been given the spotlight he deserves. But so far through these first, what is it, nine games now, I haven't been really impressed with him. I 
I wouldn't mind. He's too good to play in Grand Rapids too. Like he is an NHL caliber player, but it's just sure. an odd man out situation where do you risk or almost hope he gets claimed off waivers just to make room for Joe Valeno? And I'm not like advocating to get Mitchell Steven on waivers. I'm just trying to come up with any kind of situation or solution to keep Joe Valeno on this roster when Tyler Bertuzzi ultimately comes back in because Joe Valeno does not deserve to be in Grand Rapids. Absolutely. He he doesn't. And that's what it, that's really what it comes down to. He he is uh, he he doesn't deserve to be in Grand Rapids, and not only that, he deserves to be in Detroit. It's just a matter of making a uh, a roster spot for him. Yeah, and it's I don't know how much more there is to say on the matter, but he's just he looks so good against Toronto, and he just needs to be with the Red Wings, whether it be rounding that goes. Giovanni, I don't want to move Giovanni back because this team needs a, a, a fighter. He, they really do right now. I'm not usually an advocate for gritty players because I think the NHL is moving away from that. But with how much the Wings have been getting beaten up, I think a guy like Smith is going to be pretty valuable to this team for that one sure. niche role. But I don't want it like Rowney, Stevens. I don't want to give up on Suter yet. It's way too early to see. And he had a pretty good year last year. I like got what Gagne and Ernie bring to the team but like do you need two of those guys because it kind of filled the same role almost mm-hmm. yeah I don't know, man it's tough i don't know either somebody hey the like like we said the 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 end story here is really just he deserves to be here all about finding a roster spot speaking of him being here you want to talk about how he got here hilarious so hilarious there's this video circulating on twitter um it was just like one of those cutaways where the broadcast crew like watches the teams come in and like somebody pointed out Joe Valeno got out of the car with Steve Eiserman in Toronto. Steve Eiserman and Joe Valeno carpooled to Toronto together. Can you imagine how uncomfortable that had to have been for Joe Valeno to be sitting next to not just like one of the greatest players to play the game ever, but also like one of the best general managers in the league and who I would imagine is probably a pretty intimidating guy to sit in a car with yeah i would imagine sitting in a car ride for however long they had to be in the car together um for uh with with the dude that determines as we just finished talking about where you're gonna play next week is uh is, is pretty damn intimidating and uh like both of them very well knowing the situation and just the fact that it's Steve Eiserman in general, I, I would imagine that that's pretty intimidating. But w- once that was uh, once that was public knowledge, it, Twitter had a field day. That was absolutely hilarious. Well, like uh, me and uh, the the professor, as he goes by on Twitter, were going back and forth on the the situations and what that car ride must have been like. And he was like, "I guarantee you that Valeno just had his hands on his knees, back straight, looking forward the entire car ride. There was no radio." Just dead silence. The entire <laughs> the only thing you can hear is the sound of Michigan speed bumps until you hit the Ambassador Bridge. <laughs> it was it was either that or it was, uh, or it was like Steve's playlist of just like weird songs that no one's ever heard of, and and just Steve being like, "You ever heard of this guy?" <laughs> and Joe being like, "No, no, I I haven't." Like freaking song. (laughs) Those are the only two. Those are the only. I either imagine it like that, or I imagine how you said, where both of them are just like upright. Nobody's talking uh, anything. But uh, yeah, I I can. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in uh, in that car. So Joe, uh, you like jazz? (laughs) 
<laughs> this was in a smooth blues the entire ride there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just like sitting next to a Hall of Famer the entire ride. I mean, we're probably like imagining situations that didn't happen. What probably happened is they just had some lighthearted conversations, like sm- made small talk, talked a little bit about the game and like his season in Grand Rapids to that point, but just like the pure intimidation I would have felt in that situation, just being in a car with the general manager who is also a hall of fame hockey player who won three Stanley cups and was the captain for 20 years of the team you play for the team. you just got called up to play for like you're thinking to yourself, I got to impress this guy. And you're like, don't say anything stupid. Don't say anything stupid. Don't say anything stupid. (laughs) So, uh, did you see that Panthers game last night? (laughs) (laughs) You watch any hockey lately? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, Scotty. Enough of us shooting the sh- uh, shooting the crap. I uh, I'm trying not to swear. G-rated program. Uh, G-rated. <laughs> G-rated. Uh, any final thoughts? No, I don't. I don't think so. That was. Uh, I, I. I. I do keep uh, envisioning that that car ride. Yeah, that's that's pretty much that. That's pretty much it. But no, another. Uh, Another big week this week. Hopefully, uh, get right back on the horse. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, well, clearly, whatever Eisman did say to Valeno stuck because he had an awesome game. True that. So, um, before we before we let you go, I got to thank you for making Locked On Red Wings your first listen every day. Now, make sure your second listen is Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow on Tuesday. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.